Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, humbled before your throne, humbled before your goodness and your greatness as we think about how small, how sinful we really are. Lord, you have come down to this earth and you have reached out to us because you love us. And Lord, we are, again, just humbled by the thought of that. Lord, we are so thankful for your gifts of graciousness and mercy and, and love in our lives. And so, Lord, we come before you today to, um, Lord, to ask you that uh, you would just draw us closer to you, Lord, that we would know you more, that we would love you more, and that, Lord, that we would um, take the, the light uh, that we're shining, your light that we're shining um, out into the world and, Lord, into our community, and, Lord, into our church. Lord, just bless us. Continue to bless us with, with grace and, and mercy and love. And just help us to understand more and more what that means and, and how we can share that love and that grace and that mercy with others. So, Lord, as we continue to gather together, to pray together, to talk about your word to talk about how we can better love you and serve you and how we can better love and serve your people here in the church and how we can better love and serve this world. Lord, I pray that you would equip us for that. Lord, you are the only one who has conquered sin and death. And so we look to you to just give us what we need to share with others the, the truth of your gospel and the truth of your love. And so, Lord, bless us time together. May everything that we say and everything that we do this morning honor and glorify you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So at this time, the children can be dismissed for Children's Church. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to our first day of our missions conference uh, as we uh, carry that over from this Sunday over through next Sunday, the 14th. Uh, today, if you uh, grab your little half-sheet insert, you can know who the players are in our opportunity today. Uh, we have uh, several missionary organizations that we're going to he be hearing from. Uh, we're going to hear from Rural Home Missionary Association with Bill and Gloria Bagley, and then Partners in Evangelism with Gordon Dom, and then uh, our featured speaker this morning, with Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries with Pastor Michael Brown. So first up, we have a presentation by way of video from Bill and Gloria Bagley. Go ahead and roll that. Fought against Israel. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on top of the hill with a staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Gloria and I have had the privilege of being missionaries in Utah and Idaho for the past 37 years. I was a product of the prayers of my parents, Carl and Millie Bagley, and the prayers of many of the Oakwood Bible Church members, some of them who have now gone to glory. Gloria was a product of her parents, John and Evelyn Miles, and their prayers for our ministry. And Oakwood Bible Church was one of the very first prayer supporters back in 1984 when we first came out to Nephi, Utah. We didn't know it at the time, but God would use us to plant a church in Pleasant Grove, Utah, Logan, Utah, Preston, Idaho, and now here in Garden City, Utah. In each place, we were like Joshua, fighting in the valley in towns that didn't have a gospel-preaching church. And you have faithfully been Moses 
Aaron and her on the mountain praying for us. And because of that, even though I had a stroke and had open heart surgery several years ago, and old age has come on for the two of us, we have been for the last five years in the heart of Garden City, a thriving tourist town. And we're planting a church called the Village Church. In answer to prayer for a place to meet, God guided us to a little cluster of stores called The Village, right in the center of town. And for three years, we met in one of those stores as our church. I also opened a health food store that morphed into a healthy tea shop. And until the beginning of this year, we ran a coffee shop. Two years ago, in answer to prayer, this store became available where we're standing right now. And the church moved here where we have so much more visibility. The main road coming into town is right out that window. And we have so much room for church, Bible studies, and fellowship events. The other building became a thrift shop and all of the money from the stores over expenses, we have been able to send to Uganda to a ministry to single moms and children there without daddies that this little village church helped begin and then have seen grow. We prayed earnestly for a young couple to come and help us and one day even lead the ministry here when Bill and I are no longer able. And God, in answer to prayer, sent Charlie and Michaela Endicott and their two children Charlie is a great Bible teacher and so good with technology. This year, after much prayer, God enabled Bill and I to buy the entire village without spending a penny, which was a huge answer to prayer, an amazing miracle. We can't thank you enough for standing with us on the mountain um, in prayer for all of these years. We thank God for what he's done in the past. We thank him for what we've seen him do. It truly was not us. And it was in answer to your prayers. And so we thank you so much. Both of us thank you very much for supporting us, praying for us all these years. You've been so good to us. God bless you. Okay, well it's been my privilege to serve on the missions team since, since it uh, started several months ago and we have been working diligently on planning for this conference and we're, we're happy for the way it came together. Probably the one disappointment was that we were hoping to have our missionary to Kenya, uh, Bernard Ondiake, as I've learned how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, we wanted him here in person, and he wanted to be here in person, but it didn't work out because of, of the COVID restrictions. He wasn't able to get a visa, so that was disappointing. But we're happy to have Gordon uh, Dom with us this morning. Uh, Gordon uh, has spent a lot of time with Bennard and knows him very well, and whenever Bennard would speak here, Gordon usually would, would introduce him. Um, Gordon is... Uh, part of the Partners in Evangelism, serves on uh, as a representative of that wonderful organization. And uh, so Gordon is from our church originally. He grew up here. And uh, we're happy that uh, he could be here this morning to tell a little bit more about the ministry of, of Bennard. And so Gordon, if you'll come at this time, uh, thank you so much. I want to greet you on behalf of Bennard. Like you said, he couldn't be here just because of the COVID and the restrictions that the American government, uh, they only give away visas in the very few cases for people in international travel right now. Um, I got to tell you this, this church has a rich heritage that I'm part of. This is the first Sunday of November. The first Sunday of November in 1956, that's 65 years ago, I was led to the Lord 
in Oakwood Bible Church by one of your first missionaries, uh, Leonard Brain. And I believe that then you supported his son, Robert Brain, and maybe even his grandson, Calvin. Did I got that right? Okay. So I have a rich heritage. Bill Bagley is a couple years younger than me, grew up in the same church, and I knew his wife from Bible school. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's just, every time I come to Oakwood, I, uh, it's, it's like my second home. And uh, I cherish the time that I had growing up here in this church. Because I was led to the Lord by a, a missionary to Africa, I've always had an interest in Africa. And that developed into my uh, adult years. And because I had an interest in Africa, I went to Kenya and met on Bernard Ondiake. He was at the time the dean of academic dean at Harrow School of Theology. He came to this country to get his master's degree in theology and uh, go back and be the president of that same school. But while he was here for four years getting his bachelor's and then his master's degree, he stayed with me and my wife Christmas vacations. And I was able to get him to come here and speak on Sunday evenings right after Christmas or right after New Year's, which is a real easy time. The pastors are always glad to uh, not have to prepare another sermon at that time of the year. So uh, the church received him very well, and then when he went back to Kenya after his education was completed, you took him on as support, and that was maybe 15 to 20 years ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago. He went back as the uh, dean again with the idea that he would become the president when the current president retired, which happened a year or two later. So you've been supporting a fellow who was the president of a Bible school in western Kenya. Then the AIDS epidemic kicked in at that time, and he uh, started a, a, a um, orphanage, actually an orphan school. So we run the first, first picture. I got a little bit ahead of myself here. And um, whoop, come in. there we go. There's Bennard and his wife, Pamela. This is a recent picture. Uh, I tease him about, they, they really like those get-ups when they have uh, commencements and uh, ribbon cuttings. And um, I told him he looked like the Pope. And, uh, and they don't preach in those things. They just use them at special occasions. But I think they learned that from the British missionaries that uh, started evangelizing Kenya even before, way, way back hundreds of years ago. And they, they, they're a little brighter. He's got some really bright ones, some flashy red and yellow gowns. Yeah, anyway, I, I kind of have a little hard time getting past that. But uh, that's Bennard, and that's Pamela. And I think that's and when he received his doctor's degree, which I'll mention in a minute. Okay, so during the AIDS epidemic, he just had to start a missions or an orphan school. And you can run to the next picture. This is a picture of one of the buildings. He had two orphan schools. 700 children came to these schools. One had 450 students, this one here, and the other one had 250 students. Can you imagine living in a community where 450 orphans live within walking distance of the school? It wasn't a bus route. They all just walked to school. They had that, they had that large of a demand. Now, that's changed. Age is not so prevalent. Those orphans now are all in, in high school and graduating, and this school has become a private uh, school. Um, and Bennett is no longer really actively involved, though he's the founder and probably chairman of the board. He's not actively involved in running these schools anymore. Um, the next thing that happened in his life he, after he became the president of the Bible school is that he was promoted to being the assistant bishop for the Nyanza province. Uh, I'll illustrate it this way. If you think of like western Michigan, from maybe Traverse City to the Indiana border, running along the lake, and then maybe 50 miles inland, that's about the size of the district that they call Nyanza. Only now change it from Lake Michigan to Lake Victoria, another very large lake, um, and that's Nyanza province running along, again, the eastern, um, yeah, it'd be the eastern shore of a great big lake. <clears throat> so he became the assistant bishop of uh, overseeing 300 or so churches in the Africa Inland Church uh, in that area. Um, next thing that happened was he got an honorary doctorate degree, so I think that's the next slide. Um, here's Bennett preaching. This was a, a university in the Kenya that awarded 30 men a doctorate in philosophy of leadership. They chose people who were leaders, not just in Christian leaders, but in uh, all, kind of, all areas of service throughout the uh, country and gave him an honorary doctorate. They chose Bennett to be the commencement speaker. He's a very good speaker, 
And uh, so I'm, it's no surprise. And here he is. This is a year ago. He's got his mask on, preaching with a mask on at this commitment service. About the same time, he was, they decided to take this Nyanza province and divide it in half to North Nyanza province and South Nyanza province and give him South. As a, so now he is the, the head bishop of South Nyanza province, which has had about 70 churches when he took it over, and now it's up to 85 in just a year and a half. Um, the real need in, in Africa, they say that the church there is a mile wide and an inch deep, and that's very true theologically. So many pastors have no formal education, and so starting a Bible school is the first thing you need to do uh, wherever you go. They don't have a Bible school. They have a name. It's called Ezra Bible School. It doesn't have a building. It rents this hall, or maybe that's a church building there. I'm not even sure of that. They, about once a quarter, they'll have a week conference where uh, they'll um, have lectures on some book of the Bible or whatever for intensively for a week. And they invite all the pastors in South Nyanza, which would be about 70, and anybody else who wants to come, any other pastors from any other denomination, and this is the kind of turnout that they'll get. Um, there's a huge demand for Bible education there in uh, South Nyanza. And so they're working towards, and we're working towards a school that's an everyday school with campus and with dorms and um, where we can actually uh, educate the next generation of pastors. Um, when he started as the bishop, he had nothing, no tools except his cell phone to make contact with people. He didn't have a, doesn't have, still doesn't have a car. Um, he didn't have a typewriter. Uh, his computer kind of works half the time. And uh, so he, he really had to start from scratch to establish this new bishopric there in South Nyanza. Now the next slide is the building that we've just completed and was just um, uh, had the opening um, maybe a month, month ago, you know, in September. Then they had the grand opening of this building. It's not fully furnished, but the building itself is complete. And this is the new administration building for the Africa Inland Church of South Nyanza. That's what he, so this is um, his main job and almost his only job right now is overseeing these 85 churches in this area. What are we doing right now? Um, the project that we're working on right now is the next build, uh, picture I'll show you. This is Oma Bay. It's H-O-M-A, but they don't say the H, so it's Oma Bay. It's the uh, birthplace of Barack Obama's father, by the way, and... Uh, but. This is a, the, probably the biggest town in South Nyanza, right on the lake. And this building was a uh, mud-roofed, corrugated tin-roofed building with mud walls. Um, and the government built an extension of the university across the street. And all of a sudden, this became a hot property. And there was a lot of students that were coming to that building on Sundays. And also, they offered a free lunch if you listen to a sermon. Uh, once a week uh, during the week, and that was very popular um, until COVID hit, and then they wouldn't allow that to be those assemblies to take place. So they tore down that building, hoping that by the time COVID restrictions are lifted, they'll have this building completed, and they'll be able to house the uh, great demand of especially students that are, live just across the street now uh, in the in the Homa Bay. So this is the project we're working on at the moment. Your money that you give and have given for these 15, 16, 17 years. Without a miss, for month after month after month, I thank you for that. Uh, it goes for three things mostly. Bennard's salary, the salary of four church planners, which we employ to start new churches, and to establish that Ezra Bible College. We hope someday to have our own building and our own school. And then if there's any surplus money, we kind of throw it at buildings like the one you see in this picture here, the building construction here at Oma Bay. So um, that's my presentation. Thank you for the, um, giving me the chance to share with you what Bennett is doing. I'll be uh, going down. I'm going down to the children's ministry to tell them a little story uh, here in a minute. But uh, so I, I heard the sermon the first time, so I don't have to. I don't have to hear it uh, the second. I got it. I think I got it. And um, so I'll be down there. But I'll be back up in the lobby after the service if you have any questions about Bennett and his ministry in Kenya. Thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Well, it's uh, my distinguished pleasure this time to introduce to you uh, Pastor Michael Brown, uh, his lovely wife, uh, Rosemary, here, too, and uh, be sure and greet all these missionaries uh, after our service today. But uh, 
Pastor Brown started with the Kalamazoo Gospel Missionary, uh, Mission uh, Organization downtown about 25 years ago, we believe, from our calculations this morning. 25 years ago, he started as the maintenance guy, and now he's the director. So that's how amazing our God is with what God can do in our lives as we yield ourselves to him. But uh, Pastor Brown, would you come share a word with us this morning? No, thank you. Well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning. Uh, I'm really excited, Rosemary and I are excited to be here, uh, just to, to share some information with you all about our ministry uh, in downtown. Uh, many of you all have uh, been familiar with the gospel mission. We've been in town since 1933 was uh, when that ministry was started, and uh, we've gone through a number of changes over the last 25 years. Um, but uh, God has just been good. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just to say good. It doesn't, doesn't sound like that fills it up, you know. But God is, y'all know what I mean. God is just good. Our word this, uh, this year at the Gospel Mission is expectation. You know, it's expectation. Uh, we were talking, uh, my team and I, and uh, God had impressed upon my heart about how often people, uh, how often we pray. But sometimes we get to pray. We pray as a routine to pray. You know, I mean, what do you do when you get up? Oh, we're going to pray, you know. And somebody, you find out somebody's sick, what do you do? You pray. But oftentimes we get in the routine of praying and we don't expect anything, really. Let that sit there for a minute. We don't, you know. I mean, we'll go into the hospital room and the first thing we'll know is, what did the doctor say? You know, well... No, we want to know what God said. That's what we want to know. And so in our ministry, expectation is the thing for this year. And as we've expected God to move, certainly he has. So we want to start uh, this morning with a, a short video. They're precious. There we There we are. So Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, uh, about a uh, little better than a year ago, we changed the name from Kalamazoo Gospel Mission to Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries to um, kind of speak to uh, encompass all of what we do. Uh, during that time, we were at a place where we were uh, bringing in uh, what you all know and remember as Kalamazoo Deacons Conference. 
uh, into the Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries organization. Uh, the name of that uh, ministry is Morphine into Kindness, Dignity, and Compassion. And um, so that's one leg. Uh, then we have the Kalamazoo Gospel Mission, uh, Rescued Treasures, which is our North Burdick thrift store, Simple Treasures, which is our Southwest niche, uh, thrift store, and Rescued Wheels, which is our auto operation right there on Burdick Street. And all of those retail operations are for the purpose of providing financial support uh, to the mission itself of uh, the Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries. We have over 75 staff members and 200 community volunteers that work with us over the month to give their time to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And since 1933, Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries has served the community of Kalamazoo and surrounding areas offering radical hospitality in Jesus' name to people who were dealing with hunger, homelessness, abuse, and addiction. We offer nighttime shelter and other emergency services to anyone in need of a place to stay. Uh, KGM provides a hot breakfast to guests who are staying with us and a hot dinner to both our guests and to anyone who's hungry in the community. Now, we recently changed uh, this slide to uh, let folks know that uh, we don't do three meals a day anymore. We used to do three meals a day, and for, I mean, from the beginning, I believe we did three meals a day. Uh, recently, uh, things are changing in our community, and we had noticed that some of our staff were being harassed, uh, and primarily by um, members from the community, not from uh, the folk that are staying with us. Uh, if you all watch the news, you know the gospel mission, the food's, you know, it was nasty. You know, they, I don't see how they feed people that. The uh, reporter came down one day. We were doing a tour, and she said, so I hear, what's this I hear about the food? So I turned around, and I, I leaned across the counter, and I said, what's for dinner? And the girl said, Chick-fil-A. And the reporter said, who doesn't like Chick-fil-A? I mean, you know, what? You know, who doesn't? So, I mean, you know. But, uh, but we have had occasion where some of those folk, uh, from out in the community would come in, and if it wasn't to their liking, they'd throw food back across the counter and start spitting at staff and all that. So um, in order to cut down on the amount of pressure that our staff have uh, trying, to, trying to prepare three meals, especially during this time when a number of volunteers are down, uh, we took out that middle day meal. And uh, we only served the evening meal for our uh, community is uh, doing um, for dinner. Uh, for breakfast and lunch, they're welcome to go to Ministry Community, who serves those two meals. Uh, our guests receive one-on-one -on -one support and are encouraged to enter one of our programs. Uh, now, you know, I know um, I saw a, a post up on Facebook the other day, and it said something about the Kalamazoo City Commission is uh, in competition with the Gospel Mission. That is not true. I mean, you know, I know the guy that put that up there. He's a great guy. That's not right. Uh, we're not in competition. We just have two different ideas of what works. Um, if you, and I, I'm happy to share the government's um, uh, report on homelessness for tw from 2020, and, uh, and it, it says that um, housing first just doesn't work. Just to take people and put them in a box and say, be well, you know, doesn't work. Uh, what works is when you have uh, services, what we, we like to talk about housing third. And what that means is the first thing we want to do is we want to address the issues that you're dealing with, whether it be uh, substance abuse, uh, any kind of abuse, want to be mental illness, physical all of that, we want to uh, help you with that. Then secondly, what we want to do is get you trained or retrained and get you employed. You know, that's second. And then the third thing we do is to help you get into a home. That way you have what you need. You have the foundation to support going forward. Um, I don't know what they called it when I was a teenager in Washington, D.C., and we had what you call the projects. And it was a really nice-looking building at the beginning, and about six months in, all the windows were busted out, and the, 
you know, graffiti all over the building and everything, and because they just take people and stick them in places. And so uh, I'm not really vocal uh, about uh, my opinions on what other people choose to do. Uh, I believe the proof is in the pudding, and if we check back with them here in a couple of years, we'll just see, see what happens. Okay. Uh, services we offer, we offer shelter, meals, clothing, uh, individual case management, uh, education and uh, job skills training, uh, children's ministry. We have physical and mental health support and regeneration, addiction, and recovery. And as we look at all of the services that we provide, I, I just want to make it very clear that the one thing that um, is the absolute most important thing that we do is none of those. The most important thing we do is we connect people with Jesus. That is the eternal work that God has placed us here to do. And these are vehicles for us to get there. So we're excited about our new building. Uh, for me, it's been nine years coming. And uh, it's 45,797 square feet of space. It doubles the capacity of women and children we'll be serving. It increases the emergency shelter capacity alone from 131 beds to 191 beds available. Uh, expanded services include increased daycare for 350 children, which is up from 297, drug and alcohol counseling for 684, up from 579, and increased meal service uh, uh, to 290,000, up from 210. And then we have housing referrals uh, of uh, 1,125, up from 750. This, this new building is... Uh, we're excited to have that in downtown Kalamazoo. And I will tell you that uh, if you ever get a chance to ride by our campuses, Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries doesn't do anything halfway. We believe that if we're going to do it to honor God, it needs to look like God did it, and he does. And so um, about two weeks ago, as this building is going up, um, I was riding by, and they had the big openings where that cross is. And um, I looked up one evening, and there was that cross, and it was lit up. And I sit there in my truck and cried like a baby. I mean, it was just, I was a mess sitting there on Verdict Street because it's, so, it's been so long coming, and uh, you could literally reach out and touch it. And that is not an artist rendering right there. That is an actual picture of that cross in the evening. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I can't see that far. <laughs> uh, financial services. <laughs> Uh, no, electrical services, uh, they're, they're connecting currently, this is where we are, they're connecting our electrical services to the building. Uh, they're painting the finished coating uh, in the suites and the ceilings are being painted. Uh, the main parking lot is currently closed. Uh, it's funny because they, they tore up that, that main parking lot and they found the remnants of a building down in the ground and it, I'm wondering, okay, they built the men's building in 1904, in and they built the main building in 97. Uh, Where did somebody slip a building in there under the parking lot? And, uh, I mean, even my maintenance guy told me you could see the windows. You could see windows down in the ground. Now, that had to be an interior wall, right? I mean, couldn't be, a, couldn't be an exterior wall down. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I mean, with windows, right? <laughs> so, uh, wow. So, uh, they're, yeah, they're finishing the parking lot. The elevators are going to be installed. Uh, our estimated completion date is mid-December this year. And I tell you what, they are rolling. I mean, those guys are doing uh, tremendous work. AVB uh, is doing a tremendous job, and uh, we're just blessed. Uh, we, we actually believe, especially, I mean, more recently, because 
We started about five years ago, and our prayer is that, is that the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the living God, is heavy on Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries in downtown. Because uh, while we can be diligent to do what God has called us to do, it takes the power of God to get it across the finish line, if you know what I mean. Um, it does. And I don't want us to just be doing things and spinning our wheels. I want us to be channels for his goodness into the earth. And I also want his power not just operating through us, but residing on our property, even to the point that if someone were to get off of the bus and walk on our property, if they came over with a walker by the time they hit the building, they, building, they threw the walker away. I mean, I, and I, I'm not just saying this. I mean, I mean, I have an expectation, and that's our word for this year, expectation. I have an expectation that God will do that. I know that he can. And, and so we're going to set it up so that when he's ready, we're ready. Talk a minute about the encampment. Uh, I learned uh, back in uh, 2018, I think it was, when uh, we invited the folks from the encampment to uh, be on part of our property, and we did that for a couple of reasons. One reason was so that we can show ourselves to be open for anybody that needed help to come to us, and we knew that where our property was, it put them right between ministry community, Kalamazoo Gospel Mission. We opened our doors and said that they could come in uh, to eat and use showers and all of that, and we wanted to just give them an opportunity to see what they wanted to do. One of the things I found was that there were people living in tents that I couldn't afford. I mean, you know, and then when, what you find is that they have sponsors, some of them, to live this way in order to force the community to do what they want the community to do. You have, uh, there are a number of people there. Some of them are activists. Some of them are activists. And so they want to highlight the problem. They want to make it seem like it's worse than it is. And then you have those that are mentally ill. They, are, they need help, you know, but because they're not violent, because they're not a, uh, uh, doing harm to themselves or others, they let them wander the streets, and, and they actually need help. Uh, we, as Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, cannot make people come in for our services, but we do have our team going out into the encampments, talking to people, trying to get them come in. We, we've partnered with um, um, Michigan, uh, Western Michigan's medical team, uh, and we're going to be doing some things with them because they're going out as well. And we want to give uh, the folks that are in those encampments every opportunity to get the help that they need. But you will listen, when you listen to the news, one of the things I hear is we don't want to stay at the gospel mission because they have rules. Yep, we sure do. And we're going to have rules. We're going to keep rules because uh, we have a lot of people in, in, indoors, staff and those we are serving, that w and we want them to be safe. Um, I, pay, I pay my mortgage every year. Believe me, ask Rosemary. I got rules. This. <laughs> There's stuff I have to do if I'm going to stay there in peace. Uh, so, you know, anywhere you live, any community, uh, you need to have rules. How can you help? We need volunteers uh, in the kitchen uh, two times a day. We have not gotten our volunteers back to the level that they were prior to COVID. And I will tell you that during COVID, one of the things that everybody thought was, uh, well, the gospel mission and places like that, boy, they're going to COVID's going to be rampant down there. It never was. It, it never was. Uh, we just never had that problem. Uh, we had people at um, the mission who had COVID, including myself, and I think I was down for two days, and, uh, and uh, we uh, went through the, you know, the keeping yourself quarantined. We went through all of that, but uh, my team, those who those few that had it 
when they came, they got through their quarantine, they came back, and we just, it just never rolled through the mission in the way that everybody thought uh, that it would. Uh, we need volunteers and rescue treasures and simple treasures. Uh, in our children's ministry at, uh, at KDC, we need direct response servants. And the re direct response servants, those are the people who sit down with folks when they come in and try to help them navigate and help them come up with uh, a plan. See, one of the, see we, we're not, neither one of our ministries are set up so that when people come in, we tell them what they have to do in order to get back on track. When they get a direct response service or even a case manager at Calendars of Gospel Ministries, that person sits down with them and says, okay, where is it you're trying to get? What are you trying to do? What is, are the obstacles? Okay, let's come up with a plan because we want them to have buy-in to the plan. And then we move forward with uh, that plan. We need volunteers once a month to help families move uh, when they transition out of the shelter. Uh, and that's one of the things that KDC does is we uh, try to have things that we can help them with when they're moving into their first place. Uh, pots and pans, kitchen, outfit of kitchen, beds, mattresses, you know, the kind of things that you need when you're setting up uh, your first place. Um, we need uh, help with the Thanksgiving meal and uh, our family Christmas co uh, closet. The Christmas closet is um, the Christmas closet is like a free department store. It's, it's a huge room at Council Gospel Ministries where folks have donated uh, new items, uh, toys, clothes, uh, just, in, just a lot of anything you can think of that children might want for Christmas or for their birthdays. And um, we allow the parents to go in and shop. And uh, my team was telling me the other day about a young lady who came in and she was shopping and uh, she started praising the Lord and everything. They look around to see what she's excited about. And she said that she and her son had had a talk about something he wanted for Christmas. And she felt really bad because she knew she wasn't going to be able to afford it. And when she got in that room, there it was on the shelf. And she said, look at God. She said, well, you know, God just does stuff like that, you know. And so... Uh, and what we do is we even get volunteers together to gift wrap all of these things, and then we put them in bags and give them to the parents and let the parents uh, give them to the children. Uh, and again, when children have uh, birthdays uh, during, throughout the year, if they have a birthday and we find out about it, uh, we get a cake, you know, we get toys for them. We want them to celebrate. We want them uh, to go through their uh, experience having to be at the mission, not to be traumatized by it. We want it to be as normal as possible uh, as we can make it for them. Yes, donation drives. We currently need uh, underwear for men, women, children sizes, socks of all sizes, pots and pans, diapers of all sizes, uh, feminine hygiene products, and uh, we want you to visit KGM uh, list, wish list at kzoogospel.org. That's our website. Uh, for those of you who are computer savvy and you want to go up online and see what's going on with our building project, uh, if you go to YouTube and just type in Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, you'll, get a, uh, you'll see a link for the live feed camera that we have set up so we can go up on YouTube and you can just watch them working on the parking lot, watch them, you know, you can just see what's going on down there in real time. Uh, and, I, and I also want to invite any of you all that want to come down and uh, take a look at the gospel mission, whether you want to take a tour or if you just want to have questions and want to know how we do what we do, why we do certain things certain ways, please give us a call. I would rather for you to do that and come down and see for yourself than to be educated through uh, what they call rumor control or the word on the street, people call it. Uh, that's one of the reasons that I started our uh, Stories of Hope 
radio programs. Any of y'all seen, uh, heard, heard those yet? Anybody? Nobody heard? Oh, there, we got a couple. Okay, so uh, there's two stations in town. I wish I had known. I, I would have brought uh, the station number and time. But there's two radio stations in town. I mean, there are two stations that our Stories of Hope are broadcast on. And it's generally me doing an interview with either someone who's gone through our programs, one of our staff, or either someone in the community that is doing really great work to help uh, people. And uh, so that's aired twice on Sunday morning. And then we generally put those up on Facebook on one of our links. So if you go up to our Facebook page and scroll back, you should be, be able to see some of those as well. And so that's, uh, that's our Kalamazoo Gospel Mission uh, presentation. I have a few minutes left, Pastor, yet? Okay. Uh, I do want to share. Pastor told me I had 30 minutes this morning, but I figured since this was the second service and it ain't no third service, I figured, shoot, <laughs> I hope everybody's crock pot is set to go off by itself, you know. Um, but uh, so... The theme this week, and, and I know that, you know, we're not the only uh, mission or uh, missionaries that you have coming in to talk to you this week, and that's a good thing. You know, I, I don't, don't want to be, uh, I don't think everybody should just run down to the gospel mission. You know, you have to determine in your heart where God has called you to shine your light. And so uh, Matthew five sixteen says, let your light so shine before men that they may See your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good works, your good works are for the purpose of inspiring others to glorify God. That's the purpose of your good works. And if you're breathing, God has placed his light inside of you for you to shine outward. Uh, remember, you know, oftentimes we'll go into places and uh, we'll, we're confronted with situations, and we feel like we're caught, caught off guard, or we feel like we're not enough. We might feel like, I know God wanted me to be down here. I know he wanted me to work at, whether it's Kalamazoo Gospel Mission, Deacon's Conference, or any one of the other ministries. You know God wanted you to be down there, but now a situation has come up. I want you to remember what Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 20 tells you. It says, now we, then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God is pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I don't know any ambassador has been sent anywhere without having everything they need. And when God equipped you and called you to go out, you have everything that you need. And so you need to remember who you are in that moment. You remember who's that you, who, whose you are in that moment. And just remember, too, uh, sometimes shining your light can be as simple as listening. I mean, we, we've asked people to just come down and have a meal. Just come down, go get in the line, go in, get, get a plate of food, and sit down at the table and talk to whoever is at your table. Find out who they are. You know, sometimes people who are have been disconnected from society. They just want to know that somebody sees them. They just want to know that somebody sees them as a real person and somebody's not afraid to touch them, to listen to them, to talk to them. And, and so you want to uh, be able to develop a conversation, develop a relationship before you unload the gospel. You know, you don't, 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 don't come down just for the purpose of getting your preach on. You know, they, they say, you know, I mean, and, and as soon as you, you find out you got their attention, you know, the Bible comes up, you know, and you walk out your, your message. Um, be compassionate, not critical. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And people really need to know that you genuinely care. You know, in, in, my, in our home, we have a tote. Um, in our utility closet, and it's full of spare bulbs. They're spare light bulbs. I mean, if one goes out in the bathroom, we get the, these little, it looks like a little, uh, looks like, it's shaped like a little flame. Y'all seen those? You know, well, those are in our bathroom, and then we got the little round bulbs that go in the nightstand light, and then 
You got the big round ones that go in the ceiling in the kitchen. They, you know, all these different size lights, but all of them are designed to do the same thing. Give light. <laughs> Every last one of them is, down, is designed to give light. So all of us have been called to share light. Just like those bulbs in the tote in my house, you'll never serve your purpose until you get out of the tote. You, you got you to go. Now, now I'm gonna, I want you to understand, we've talked a little bit about the difference in the bulbs. There's differences in us as well. Each one of those bulbs, each different type of bulb was designed to give light, but it was designed to give light in a different receptacle. You need to pray and ask God, what is your receptacle? God, what are you calling me to do? Because he's calling you to do something. I mean, he's calling you to do something. And you just want to know what that place is. And so you want to be plugged in. Uh, you will never serve your purpose until you get out of the tote. And then lastly, as you serve in the community, realize, understand, and don't be discouraged because your um, good works may be misunderstood. I, uh, I listen to people when they talk about homelessness, uh, especially on the news, you know, why do they have all them, news, them rules or or why can't people do this? Or why can't they do that? You know, they, they don't understand. They just don't know. And all that does is let you know that there's this, um, it demonstrates the divide between light and darkness. Because there is, a, there is that divide. It lets you know how dark it is in the world. Okay, it doesn't, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You continue to do what you've been called to do you continue in those moments to shine your light. Keep shining. Keep shining. Keep shining. Don't let nobody talk you out of what God has called you to do. Keep shining. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor for who you are, God, and for who you are in us. I thank you, God, that you've given us this opportunity to share the ministry that you've called us to. I thank you that you've given this week, Father, through this church to be able to consider so many other wonderful ministries, God, where you are working through people to reach people. I pray, God, that you would stir in our hearts a commitment, God, to be involved in what you are doing in the earth in these last days, God. Help us to understand the lateness of the hour, God, and your heart to draw men and women, boys and girls, to you. And then, God, give us a passion to be involved with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Brown. I hope all of you have been encouraged, uh, challenged to... Uh, to get out of the tote and get plugged in somewhere so that you can shine your light. A little uh, background on uh, our story with missions here uh, for Oakwood Bible Church. When I arrived uh, this last December, we started looking at the budget and things and came to my attention that about a year or two ago, because of uh, budgetary constraints and, and COVID was flying around and the, uh, the budget was shrunk a little bit, and part of the shrinking of the budget hit the, the missions fund uh, by an amount of about $12,000. And uh, my thought was, well, man, that's, that's the area that you don't want to shrink back from. That's the, that's the area we want to push more than all else. And so over the spring, we started talking to put together a missions team, started talking about uh, this idea of uh, trying to push the envelope with missions. And um, we thought, man, it'd be great to put the 12000 back in, and, uh, which also included support for the Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, uh, because that was taken out. And so we want to get back at that. And so May, June, we, we presented that to the, the board. The board said, yeah, let's, let's put it back in. We presented it to the congregation, and, and, and y'all voted for it. <laughs> y'all said, yeah, we want to do that. 
And so now as we're coming into the late summer, into the fall, with our new budget from this last summer, uh, we're already now behind about the amount of money that we said we were going to step up to do. And so this is where the challenge comes to you to consider how you might help us get back on track. Along with this initiative of pushing the envelope with missions, we uh, had purposed to move the mission's uh, amount of money out of the general budget and, and, if you will, emancipate it from the budget so that we could actually potentially give even more. Because right now, it's well, that's that locked figure that we all agreed to. But uh, man, it wouldn't be neat to have the freedom to be able to give even more as we challenge our congregation, putting missions more to the forefront of all that we are and all that we do as a church. And of course, if you're going to fund it independently of the church budget, you're going to have to talk about missions a lot more, which is going to put missions in front of our people all the more, which is going to be a great and awesome thing. And so uh, with that in mind, with that push, uh, we have established, the board has established a separate line item that's a a designated fund where you can actually give right to missions uh, through Oakwood with all the, the various missionaries that we support. We're featuring three this week. We have three next week we'll be looking at as well. I don't know about you, but hearing these stories today, these accounts, I'm excited about who we are, what we're doing in our partnership with these organizations. Uh, my daughter, uh, Leanna, actually uh, was on staff with uh, the Council of Gospel Ministries this summer, and she had a great time uh, and uh, was challenged, and uh, there's, there's a lot to do. So with that, there's this little bitty threefold brochure in your program that you received, it says shine the light on the front end. But this is a little commitment card, a faith promise that we're, we're inviting all of you to participate in and to prayerfully participate in over this next week. This isn't due today, but next week we want to collect these. And uh, if you open it up on the first panel on the black there, it says my faith promise commitment is my opportunity to give by faith above my tithe for the cause of world evangelism. Now, for you to be able to do that, you, first of all, would have to be tithing. So that's a whole other discussion. Uh, maybe your first step is, I need to start giving to the church uh, overall, and I haven't been supporting it. Uh, now, understand with all the ministries that go on here, with what we're doing as a church, that you are uh, providing the, the electricity bill for us to have lights on, uh, uh, all, the, all the different ministries that are taking place, whether it's children's ministry, youth ministry, People come in for counseling here with the pastoral staff. We don't charge them to come in and visit with us. That's, that's free counseling that we're doling out to, to help people and to point them towards Christ. So anyway, first of all, let's make sure we're tithing. And then a couple of ways you could do this is maybe over and above your tithe, tithe on your tithe. If you're given $100, then give $110. Uh, so then throw that extra amount into the missions fund. Now, to do that, obviously, on your, those envelopes that you have, it doesn't have a mission line item. By the way, we won't have those for a whole nother year because they are, the next year's already got ordered. So uh, we have to wait for a whole nother year to get the, the actual blank in there for missions. But hey, there's this thing, you got a pen, you know, you can actually write missions on it and designate it specifically towards missions and, uh, and then put that uh, with your offering. So if you have an envelope from the pew or those, one of those uh, envelopes from your box, just designate what you want to designate for missions. And maybe you're like, boy, I've already tapped out, Pastor Brad. We're already supporting the ministry. And uh, Well, maybe you want to tithe off your tithe. So out of your $100 that you might give, let's say you take 10% of that, and 10 would be designated towards missions, where the 90 goes to the general fund. Uh, or maybe you want to give more than that. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do, whatever God puts on your heart to do, when you open this up, it says independence upon God over the ne- next year. That's what a faith promise is. Well, I'm going to cry out to God, show me what I can do this next year. I will endeavor to give the amount noted below to the missionary work of our church. My promised amount is, and you can fill that in there, what amount you want to do. And then how often you'll give it, is it weekly, monthly, biweekly, annually, what, whatever the Lord leads you in your age group. And then on the other flap there, you can just kind of put that amount. You can just tear that little tab off Put that in your purse or your wallet so you can keep track of what you promised before God. And then follow through with the giving. And then this other half, put in that box on your way out the door. You don't have to do it today. If you want to, you can, if you feel led to do so. But we'll be collecting these next Sunday as we conclude our missionary conference. 
So does that all make sense? Everybody with me on this stuff? Okay. Good approach. Uh, I'm looking forward to not just give our, you know, the 77,000 that we've already earmarked for missions. I'm, I'm looking forward to us being a church that goes over 100,000. You know, talk about expectancy. Let's talk about, you know, let's push the envelope and see what God, how God uses us for his glory and for his purposes. So with that, will you please stand with me? Let's close our service. And let's ask the Lord to bless us as we leave. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your incredible grace toward us. And Lord, especially in a time like this, we don't want to shrink back. We want to be used by you. And so, Lord, help us to get out of the tote and to get plugged in. And whether that's uh, through praying for these ministries, through volunteering with some of these ministries, or through supporting these ministries with the resources that you so richly blessed us with. So, Lord, we want to be used by you for your purposes, ultimately for your glory that our light would shine in such a way that you'd receive all the glory. Christ would be magnified, lifted up, and seen in us, not only in this community, but in the world. The world needs Jesus. Oh, that it could be said of us that we led someone to Jesus. So Lord, we cry out to you with these things, and our hearts are full of expectation with what you're going to do in and through us quite frankly, and even in spite of us, for your purposes. So Lord, bless us as we go. Help us to prayerfully consider these things, and we look forward to gathering next week. Thank you, Lord. We pray all this in your son's wonderful and awesome name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, be sure and stop at those tables to visit with our missionaries today, and be sure and greet them. Thank you.